0: Nationals fans, take a look around postseason baseball right now. Max Scherzer just solidified going into the World Series for his third time in his career. And tonight, Bryce Harper and Trey Turner, they're going to try to get back to the World Series with the Philadelphia Phillies. So, Nationals fans, how do we feel about it? You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every single day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcast into the everydayers out there. You know who I am. I'm Ryan Clary, the host of this said podcast, part of the Locked On podcast Now, records your team every single day. And of course, later on in today's show, we will be getting some Arizona Fall League action as two key prospects for the Washington Nationals with Robert Hassel and Trey Lipscomb both taking action in there. I'm going to get you up to date and get some numbers across the board here because they've now played a few games here. They've gotten a few at-bats under the belt. We're going to discuss that a little bit later on in today's show, but also let's get into some Nationals rookie rankings. is the Nationals, the rebuilding year. We all knew there was going to be a ton of prospects coming up, making an impact, and the Nationals, they did have a handful of prospects who did kind of make an impact at the plate defensively, on the mound, whatever it may be. I'm going to rank the top five Nationals rookies this season in 2023. We'll get to that later on, but let's start off here because this is the elephant in the room here. We're all baseball fans here. I'm assuming everyone here is tuning into the postseason. Well, if you turn into yesterday's game, game one, Philadelphia Phillies against the Arizona Diamondbacks, you've got Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, all the Philadelphia Phillies, Kyle Schwarber, Howie Kendrick is even in the damn dugout for the Phillies. Kevin Long, former hitting coach for the Washington Nationals. And then last night, you see game seven of the American League Championship Series with Max Scherzer taking the mound after coming back from an injury that he was not supposed to be coming back from this early on in his career. But with all that said, the Rangers are now in the World Series. Max Scherzer kind of got rocked around, but still, it leaves one thing, and that one thing is the elephant in the room, and that elephant is that all these damn former Nationals are in postseason baseball competing, all the guys that we loved, most of the guys there, I'm assuming you probably had one of their jerseys at some point, whether it be Bryce Harper or Trey Turner or Max Scherzer, whichever one it is. Howie Kendrick even. They're all in it still. How does that make you feel? How do the Nationals fans just continue to put up with this? And this is not going to be something that, man, I wish we would have kept all these guys. Man, I wish we didn't trade Scherzer. Man, I wish we extended Harper. Yes, of course, I wish we extended all those guys and kept them and kept the train rolling, but that's just not reality. It was never going to be a reality to keep all those damn guys, but still. Doesn't it sting a little bit? Because here's the thing. Here's kind of like the question I'm looking for. We all know one thing. When Bryce Harper comes into town, there's not a single soul that gets booed more than him. Across any single sport. When Bryce Harper takes, goes into that left-handed batter's box at Nationals Park, and he's wearing those Philadelphia Phillies uniforms, he is booed by about 90% of the fan base and now some people just kind of ask why do we still boo and there's still people in town who don't boo him I'm not that big of a booer but I will admit I boo Bryce Harper and it's not because I hate the guy I hate the baseball player he's one of those guys where you want him on your team and if he's on your team you're going to love him you're going to covet every single one of his moves whether it be charging the mound against Hunter Strickland whether it be getting tossed in some fiery confrontation with the home plate umpire, whatever it may be, we still always rooted for Bryce Harper, and most every Nationals fan loved that he was on our team. But now we sit here today, he's one of our rivals with the Philadelphia Phillies. You have Trey Turner, Kyle Schwarber, and amongst many others as well with Kevin Long and all the other guys that at some point have probably touched Nationals Park. This is a tough thing, if we're just being honest. Maybe I'm the baby here. Maybe I'm just being a crybaby. I can accept that. But even then, I one thing I do not understand is the people that will then root for the Philadelphia Phillies because of these different things. Here's one thing about me. I am petty. And I think a lot of people, at least I want to think that a lot of people are petty like myself. But when I find myself in postseason baseball, and I see the Philadelphia Phillies out there with all those former Nationals, I cannot root for them, not for one second. Because all those guys, minus Kyle or really just Trey Turner, Howie Kendrick, and Kevin Long, the hitting coach for the Phillies, those guys were the Nationals. They were us. I cannot see them happy elsewhere, and especially when it comes to the Philadelphia Phillies. I will not be rooting for these two guys, and especially Bryce Harper, especially him. I just cannot root for that guy. And for all the reasons that we have listed here as to why I cannot root for Bryce Harper at this moment, is it immature? Yes. Is it dumb, maybe? Yeah, probably. I'll admit it. I cannot root for Bryce Harper. And I don't understand all the DC fans out there who will root for him. This is someone who chose to leave here. And yes, yes, he did want to come back and sign that team-friendly contract, and we declined it. Yes, he did do that. But it's beyond that. You hate the baseball player. All the different things about the baseball player. Bryce Harper, the human aside, great guy. You do not have any problems with him. I will never slander his personality or anything like that. But the ball player, the guy in between the lines, getting the fiery interaction, staring down Orlando Arcia, all the different things, kissing, blowing kisses to minor league picture, pitchers when you were 18 years old, all those things that drive you insane. Those are the things as to why we, we kind of fuel this hatred for the player when it comes to Bryce Harper. Now, for the other hand, with Trey Turner, I don't hate Trey Turner. In fact, I don't even actively root against him. Number one, World Series champion. Number two, he wanted to be here. Unfortunately, we never got a contract extension done, but still, not his issue here. I also don't want to see him win. He is ours. He won a World Series with us. I don't want to see him going over to reunions for the Philadelphia Phillies World Series championship in 20 years from now. I don't want to see it. I only want him to come to the Nationals reunion. I only want him to come to Nationals Park and to celebrate the 10-year reunion or 15, 20-year, 25-year reunion that the Nationals have for 2019. I don't want to have that legacy kind of tainted that he was a Philadelphia Philly as well. Same goes for kind of Bryce Harper. Same goes for Howie Kendrick, who's a special assistant to their GM there in Philadelphia. And you see him at the dugout a lot always talking with Kevin Long, always talking with Trey Turner, always talking with Bryce Harper, all the former Nationals, Howie Kendrick is talking to him. The guy who hit the foul pole, who saved our season, who saved the freaking World Series for us. He's even a Philadelphia Philly. I don't know where I'm going with this, to be honest. But one thing's for sure. The fact that people will root for them in this town, what are we doing? This is sports at the end of the day. It's not the end of the world if you choose to root for the Philadelphia Phillies. But you will not catch me for a single second rooting for that squad up there. Let me ask you this. Have you ever been to a Nationals game in really pre-2012? Pre-2012, have you been to a Nationals game and a Phillies game as well when they're in town? Did you go there? Did you see how that fan... In the next section over, you dumped his beer on that Nationals fan. Did you see that Philly fan puke all over a 10-year-old kid in the section behind you? Did you see that Philadelphia Phillies fan punching someone in the face three rows up from you? I've seen it. I've seen it all from the Philadelphia Phillies fans. That's my enemy. The Philadelphia Phillies fans, they stink on ice, if we're just being honest. That's just my opinion. And the fact is, now we have all these former Nationals, which they just beloved in Philly. They love Trey Turner. They love Bryce Harper. They love Kevin Long. Kevin Long, right now, they're going into a Game 7 tonight. Kevin Long last year joined their staff, made the World Series. This year, they're in Game 7 in the NLCS. Not saying he's been the big difference, but this year with Trey Turner, Kyle Schwarber, Kevin Long, Bryce Harper, and also Max Scherzer also punching his ticket into the World Series. So here's the thing. If the Philadelphia Phillies get into the World Series tonight, going up against Max Scherzer and the Texas Rangers, this is a lose-lose scenario for me. Because let's kind of repeat this. I'm a petty person. I don't want to see my guys, my kids, my family, having fun with another family without me. I can't see that happen. I am a petty, dumb person when it comes to baseball. I love this game way too much. Maybe unhealthily, if we're just being honest right now. I cannot see them win in another uniform, and especially in that Phillies uniform. Let's say if Trey Turner and uh, Max Scherzer were Arizona Diamondbacks, whatever. No problem. I'll root for you. I'll root for Juan Soto with the San Diego Padres. It's a fun team. I like them. They're young. They're exciting. They don't have this long history and a dreadful fan base. All those different things. I cannot have those guys win in another uniform. Not in this town. It ain't happening. And I want Nationals fans to rally behind the damn Arizona Diamondbacks tonight and hope, just hope, that those Philadelphia Phillies crush. Because here's one thing. They can make it this far. That is fine. That is perfectly fine making it to Game 7 NLCS at home against the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks, they got nothing to lose. And the Philadelphia Phillies, they got everything to lose after what they spent this offseason with Trey Turner, after what they have continued to spend with Nick Cassianos, Kyle Schwarber, all the different guys that they have added. Zach Wheeler is even in the conversation. Every single one of them that they have added over the years, that they have spent a ton of money for, it all comes down to tonight seeing what they can do in the World Series. But, man, Nationals fans, let me hear it in the comment section. DM me at ryanclary 11 Tweet at me. Tweet at the show, at LO underscore Nationals. What do you think if the Nationals are going up against the Rangers in the World Series? And that means a former National will be a world champion at the end of the day. And it's not just any former National. This ain't Wilmer Defoe or Andrew Stevenson. You're talking Max Scherzer, on the other hand, or... Bryce Harper gets a ring. Trey Turner gets a ring. And, of course, Kyle Schwarber, Kevin Long, Howie Kendrick gets a ring. It ain't pretty. It ain't pretty, I can tell you that. Thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every single day. Now, let me tell you guys about our good friends over at FanDuel. And, guys, When we talk about FanDuel, I want you to know that October baseball is officially back, as we have all been saying for so long now. And, of course, join FanDuel today, and you'll get started with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to create your new account. Then you can get in on the action from the first pitch until the final out. So tonight's game, Game 7, you got the Diamondbacks and the Phillies. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take the Diamondbacks on the run line yet again. Underdogs in this category, I think they're going to get it done. Game 7, you're going to get Diamondbacks and the Rangers in the World Series. Maybe I'm just talking that into hopefully something that happens here because we don't want to see that happen. But what we do want to see happen is have you go over to FanDuel.com and have that slash locked, locked on right now. Step up to the plate with postseason with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. So head on over to fanduel.com slash locked on right now. Make every moment more FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Now we get back into it as the Nationals again. Season is over here. So let's get into some Nationals rookie rankings as the Nationals. They had a decent amount of rookies making their debuts this year, but even then it was a strong showing of a lot of different things with the Nationals. So, Let's start out from number five all the way through number one. Number five, left-handed pitcher Jose Frere. You may be saying, "What are we talking about here?" He had a five ERA, wasn't all that impressive. But here's also the thing: number one, the way that he made this climb up into the major leagues this year, really, really impressive. Jose Frere was kind of someone who's been on my radar for a while now. Really, only a two-pitch cat, but still. They're very effective, and I think we saw that in a good little portion of this season. When he got called up there, he kind of got thrown into a crappy situation. The Nationals' bullpen was under fire, a ton of injuries, and Jose Frere really kind of had to pick up the slack and come in in big-time situations. And Jose Frere, for the most part, got the job done. I think this is going to be someone who is going to be a good bullpen arm down the line. Now, here's the thing that's going to have to change. He's going to have to start limiting walks because he's got the strikeout rate. And the strikeout rate itself, some people may kind of overreact to that. I think I fit in that category. But what it tells me is that he's got swing and miss potential. He's not just generating these 95-mile-per-hour fastballs and getting no swings and misses. No, this is someone who is already starting to get swings and misses, and swings and misses means good pitches. Jose Ferrer at the young age of 23 years old, He's going to be someone to build on going forward. And I think the Nationals, it's safe to say that they may have found something with Jose Frere. I really like the move. I think he'll continue to build on a season this year. I think next year you could really start to see him pitching in pivotal situations out of the bullpen. Now, number four, Jake Alou. You look at the offensive numbers, relatively pedestrian, like around a 570 OPS, batting average in the low 200s. But even then, Jake Alou, he's not supposed to be up in the major leagues as a late mid-20th round pick back in 2019, whichever it was at a Boston college. But one thing stood clear with Jake Alou this year. Number one, the bat-to-ball skills are there to be a major major leaguer. And two, when you are kind of like that late-round fringe kind of prospect, someone who all the odds are stacked against you making it to the major leagues. Well, he did that in just a handful of years. Jake Lou proved a lot of different things. Number one, that he could be a major leaguer down the line. And number two, he is a versatile defender. Now, while you'd like to see him kind of settle in either at second base, third base, or left field, whatever it is, Jake Alou is kind of someone that you can have in a pinch, whether it's going to be your 4A kind of player who's going to be up in AAA, then back up to the majors and kind of flip-flopping back and forth, or he's just a utility guy, in which at this point, if you were to get Jake Alou into a utility role for this team moving forward, again, that's just another kind of move and checkmate scenario for this Nationals team. You always have to have a utility guy, especially a left-handed back coming off the bench so when you can play really any spot in the infield outside of shortstop and first base, so it's second base and third base, and as well as left field, that's a nice little kind of pair that the Nationals could have moving forward. It's just a matter of if they'll be able to take advantage of that and all the different skills that he has to possess. Number three, this one out of left field. Number three is Robert Garcia, left-handed pitcher, what we got from the Miami Marlins, and as soon as we got him, it was just kind of like, oh, okay, like this is someone who the Miami Marlins, they DFA'd, and at that point, no one was really expecting all too much from him, but again, in his rookie season, this is his first year in the majors, one of the better bullpen arms out of the Nationals' pen for over the last two months of the season, and Robert Garcia really finished strong in September, and I think That kind of goes to show you as to why I put him up this high. And now a lot of people may say in a limited sample size. Still, for a bullpen arm, someone who came out, not really the highest expectation. But even then, if you look at his numbers down in the minor leagues, they all aren't that bad. You've seen a lot of good things from Robert Garcia. But most importantly, again, comes back to the fact that This guy was just generating outs. He was getting out of different jams. And I remember this one game back against the White Sox in which Robert Garcia pitched lights out against in this one inning, up one run, seventh inning game. This was kind of something that the Nationals need. We need someone who's going to come out of nowhere, help this bullpen out, because we all know the Nationals' bullpen down the stretch, the wheels were falling off. Kyle Finnegan was not getting the saves done that he seemed to be doing all season long. Uh, Jordan Weems, the wheels were kind of falling off for him as well. All the guys that we use primarily every single day and really in every time that we have a chance to win a game, those guys were starting to fall off a cliff when it came to their production. Robert Garcia stepped in out of nowhere and showed that, number one, he belongs, and number two, he's going to be someone who will be out of the bullpen come next August or next August, next April. And, of course, I think he will be a key contributor that bullpen in 2024. Number two, Stone Garrett. Stone Garrett is still a rook or was a rookie in 2023. In 2022, only played in a handful of games, only had a handful of opportunities up in the bigs, but even then made an impact. And what he did this year, he certainly made an impact coming in not a lot of people knew what to expect with him. We all knew the raw power that was there, the potential for Stone. We all loved him this offseason. We saw what he did in spring training. You saw all the reports about him killing the baseball, playing solid defensively, and that's what he did this year. Having an 800 OPS until he broke his leg there in August, Stone Garrett was on his way to having a very productive season for the Nationals. And again, an 800 OPS on the season with a ton of home runs, a ton of power, while he did strike out a few, many times you would like to see, Stone Garrett is still someone that I think kind of gets lost in the shuffle when it comes to this outfield thing. Now, is he more so a DH than a left fielder per se? Yeah, probably. But even then, the potential is there for Stone Garrett to not only be a potential left fielder or a DH, maybe a first baseman down the line even after the leg injury, who really knows? But Stone Garrett showed one thing this year. The guy can hit. And with the Nationals and what they lacked this year was power. Stone Garrett provided that power. And really during August all the way through September, the Nationals, they were missing that big power bat. They were missing that guy who could do damage at any given moment. Stone Garrett was doing that for a good long period of time. And even we saw stretches of him just killing the baseball, hitting laser shots of home runs. His exit velocity was well above average. All the different things that you want to see from a designated hitter slash left fielder utility kind of guy, Stone Garrett was every every inch of that. And in fact, Stone Garrett, he's going to be talked about a lot this offseason as kind of where he fits in this puzzle with the Nationals. He's going to fit somewhere. Because again, similar with Riley Adams, similar with Joey Manessis, he's going to have to get more at bats one way or another. You cannot have this lineup not do damage the way that it did this year and have Stone Garrett sitting on the bench. It just cannot happen. Baseball is about power nowadays. If you look across baseball, the Rangers, they hit a ton of home runs. The Phillies, they hit a ton, a ton of home runs. All the other teams in postseason baseball, they hit for power. Stone Garrett, fits that mold you want someone like that on your team whether it be coming off the bench or even just a designated hitter that's the potential that he has and I think Stone Garrett certainly put himself on the radar for a starting gig come opening day number one someone we talked a lot about yesterday Jake Irvin in my opinion the reason why I put him number one over Stone Garrett is because number one he was just in the big leagues for a little bit longer and I think the consistency with Jake Irvin is kind of what propelled him to the number one spot. Jake Irvin was one of the better starting pitchers down the stretch for the Nationals. He really was. That August stretch, really from July 31st all the way through September 9th, he was the Nationals' best starting pitcher by far and away. Josiah Gray was struggling that time. Mackenzie Gore had his struggles as well. And other than that, there really was no comparison, but the numbers were good for Jake Irvin. And I think that kind of goes to show you what that one rest day could have done for him really not rest day, but they skipped one of his starts. And I think that kind of propelled him to have that really good second half. And while yes, at the end of September, the wheels fell off just a tad bit for Jake Irvin, but I still think that this guy shows that he could not saying he will be, but he could be a four or five starter for a postseason team. And especially for this national team heading into next year, he certainly could fit that role and hopefully he takes it and runs with it because he was the most impressive rookie that Nationals had this season. If Stone Garrett was healthy, it may have been different, but it's not. Thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every single day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Now, let's get into some Arizona Fall League stats as Robert Hassel, Trey Lipscomb, they're in it. Are they doing too hot or are they not? I'll discuss that. But before that, let's tell you guys about our friends over at Game Time. And guys, you should never have to worry about where you're buying tickets for your next big event, whether it's sports, music, comedy, or theater events near you, because Game Time has you covered. And with last-minute tickets, all-in-prices, views from your seat, and their best price guaranteed, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. One time, I was running late to the Wizard game just here it was 658 for a 705 tip and guess what i open up that game time app as i'm walking up to capital one arena two clicks boom i'm there tickets in hand walk into the arena and then i get to see my favorite basketball team and you could do that for any single event whether it's comedy or theater whatever it is GameTime has you covered. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime and download the Game Time app. Create an account and use code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. And terms apply again. Create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-M-L-B for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And now let's get back into it as the Nationals. Are they've sent a couple of guys up to the Arizona Fall League, but the two more noticeable names, Robert Hassel and Trey Lipscomb, and they have both been struggling, to say the least. Trey Lipscomb kind of had a breakout year, third round pick at a twenty twenty two from the University of twenty uh, University of Tennessee. Robert Hassel, first round pick, big deal in that in that Juan Soto package. Ever since coming to the Nats, he has struggled a little bit. And this time last year, Robert Hassel broke his hamate bone down in Arizona as well, and so far since that injury, he just really has struggled. We all know the struggles this year. His strikeout rate was way up from where it once was. All the numbers that you really wanted to see from Hassel were all not that great, but so far in this season in Arizona Fall League and 47 at-bats, the numbers are still pretty pedestrian batting 255 a 333 OBP a 340 slug that's a 674 OPS but also the most alarming thing to me when it comes to this is 15 strikeouts in 47 at bats that's around 33 strikeouts I don't know what's going on with Robert Hassel in these strikeouts we saw that this year and we've talked a lot about Elijah Green and all the strikeout rates that he had this year striking out roughly 40 percent of his at bats at one point Robert Hassel, his strikeout rate is also up there, and this is even more concerning considering he never had these issues prior to this injury. He never had these issues prior to coming to the Nationals. What has gone wrong in this aspect of it? Because Robert Hassel, again, was a bat-to-ball kind of guy. He was going to put the ball in play. That's what he was hyped about. That's He had the speed. He's really just good at everything. He's been solid defensively, but other than that, there really hasn't been that much to show for. It. And Robert Hassel continues to struggle as he goes in the fall league, in which is a little bit of tougher competition. You're facing some big leaguers as Thaddeus Ward, who pitched in the bigs this year. He's also in the fall league this year. There's a couple other guys as well who have had their toes dipped in the major leagues. A lot of different things. So the competition is a little stiffer, but even then, Robert Hassel's one of was one of the better prospects in baseball this time last year. But now, as we kind of seen, his struggles continue to be not great. And the strikeout rate continues to be not great. So this is going to be something that the Nationals, as well as us here at Locked On Nationals, we're going to continue to cover, we're going to continue to talk about because 15 strikeouts and 47 at-bats is not going to cut it for Robert Hassel, especially if you're not going to get on base, and especially if you're not going to be hitting for power. On the other hand, Trey Lipscomb, third-round pick out of Tennessee, making his first Fall League appearance, this was going to be an interesting one because I think this was a little bit of an aggressive move for the Nationals to put him in the Fall League, but I think it fits right. But as we've seen with the numbers so far, they have not all been that great. Batting 188, a 188 OBP, and a 288 208 slug for a 396 OPS, 15 strikeouts and those 48 at bats as well. Now, Trey Lipscomb's a little bit of a different story because he had a very successful season down in Double-A, was one of the Nationals' better hitters this year down in the minor leagues, really impressive season overall playing multiple different infield positions and was just really good. But also, you kind of want to see them produce here because the Arizona Fall League is filled with it's basically just like this college dorm room filled with all these different prospects, whatever it is, some guys who have had wildly successful seasons, some guys who have really struggled over the course of the minor league season. All these guys kind of fit into one. Usually all are pretty interesting cases, and the reason why teams are sending them to the Arizona Fall League is because they want to see a little bit more, and in some cases, like Lipscomb, they want to see them against stiffer competition, and at this moment, Lipscomb, yes, it's probably too big of a bite for him to chew off right now but I still think that Trey Lipscomb will probably turn around here just a little bit but the more concerning one is Robert Hassel in my opinion again the strikeout rate with him this is something that he has never really struggled with and now we're starting to see it again in the fall league and we can reiterate this fact the competition is tough in the fall league you're seeing a lot of different guys you're seeing a lot of top prospects Really good pitching. Some guys who may have not pitched all too many innings this year, some guys like Thaddeus Ward, for example, he's got a pretty fresh arm. If you're going up against him, it's going to be tough. But the fact is some of these struggles in Robert Hassel's case is a little alarming to say the least. Thank you guys for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every single day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, Game seven tonight, NLCS. We started that off with the show today. It's interesting, to say the least. It's interesting. I don't know who to pick, but all I know is there's no chance I'm rooting for the Philadelphia Phillies. So you guys have a good one. Go Diamondbacks. And, of course, I'll catch you on the flip side. Have a good one.